Now to Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm going to commence to read at verse 11. Uh, It's a very important passage. Some of you may have not heard it before, and I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm going to be reading, for this is the Word of God. And every priest, standing daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins, But this man, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus— by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. What an important and profound passage of Scripture this is. The book of Hebrews, the key theme of the book, is Christ, the new and living way. And as I've said to you, I've been speaking about new things that are referred to in the Bible. You will already have noticed the verse that I was reading from a moment ago. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us. So, the theme of the book is Jesus Christ, the new and living way. The book of Hebrews in the New Testament was written to young converts who had come from a Jewish background, who are now, as we would refer to them today, Messianic Jews. Of course, you know that he came unto his own, John said in his gospel, and his own received him not. But thank God for those individuals in Judaism and Jewish faith and Jewish background who did come to realize that Jesus Christ was indeed the Messiah. Many of them, of course, were saved in the day of Pentecost and in the early days of the apostolic church before it opened up to the Gentile people. But here we find them under pressure to abandon their new faith, to recant and to go back to the rituals of Judaism. They were being made to feel that their new way of life was inferior, that it was not impressive, and that it was unproven. The charge against them was, you have got no temple, you have got no priesthood, you have got no elaborate ceremonies, 
You have no uh, vestments that are uh, very colorful and very attractive. Uh, and if it can't be seen in these things, then it must be defective. It's got to be inferior. That's the thrust of the enemies and the opposition that the young converts were under. And naturally, yes, they were beginning to feel themselves under pressure. I don't know if maybe you've been like that, or maybe you've come from that kind of background, even like Jeremy that we were listening to a little while ago, that whenever all of that uh, outside and external uh, show and pomp is left behind, and the tall spires and the magnificent buildings and all the ritual and the robes and everything, that you think, well, you know, this evangelical way is very, very, very simple. It's very uncluttered. It has to be somewhat less than the majestic appearance of of religion. But nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, as we read the book of Hebrews, we find that it was superior by far. And we come to this key passage in the book, in Hebrews chapter 10, where we read of this one great sacrifice for sin forever. In chapter 10 and verse 12 of Hebrews, we read these words, This man, speaking of Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. What a contrast that was to anything that they had ever known in Judaism, where there were multiple priests who were continually making offerings for sin, as it was in the age of the law and in the Old Testament era. But here now is a whole new situation, a whole new foundation on which is built the superstructure of the glorious gospel of free grace in Jesus Christ. And it is potentially a salvation for all forever. For through this sacrifice, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And what does he say in the preface to that verse? Every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But over against that, over against the defectiveness of that and the inferiority of that, there is this superior, wonderful, glorious sacrifice for sin forever. And then you'll notice uh, that we were reading verses that I was reading on earlier occasions on our programs. In verse 16, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Do you remember that I told you about the new covenant? In the Old Testament, God spoke about the new covenant which he would establish where it would not be external, but it would be inward. It wouldn't be on tables of stone. It would be written on the fleshy tables of their hearts. Do you remember I spoke to you about the superior nature of that new covenant, that it would remove sin, that it would be no longer accounted against them? And hence, there would be no further need for offerings, because they are now a forgiven people, 
now the way of salvation has been made plain, clear and open. Yes, this is the wonderful, unparalleled beauty and glory of the new covenant, that it is inward, that it washes away an unforgiven past. The Old Testament sacrifices could never take away sin, But, you know, here's a sacrifice that removes it as far as the east is from the west. And it's a done work. It is finished, said Jesus. And he means perfected. There's nothing you can add to it to make it better. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. It's already been done. If you trust and take it, into your heart if you appropriate what has already been procured for you in that finished work, then you will experience the inwardness of the new covenant blessing. So what's the sequel to this? Well, there is a sequel, of course, and it's in that passage, chapter 10 of Hebrews, verses 19 to 22. There's a new freedom of access. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Now, there isn't time to develop this, but let me very quickly and simply say, in the Old Testament covenant, the high priest could only enter into the inner sanctuary of the temple or the tabernacle once a year with blood, the offering of sacrificial blood, whether it be bulls or lambs or whatever, to atone for his own sin and then for the sins of the people. It was called the Great Day of Atonement. Actually, not so many weeks ago, the Jewish nation, Israel, celebrated Yom Kippur, which is uh, the Great Day of Atonement, the day whenever they mourn over their sins and seek forgiveness. But friends, it's already been done. It's not just one day. It's an age. This is the age of the atoning grace of God. And we are able now, any of us, not just one select person, but any person, to enter into the presence of God. Why? Because there's no veil. In the Old Testament times, there was a veil between the holy place and the holy of holies. It was as thick as the palm of a man's hand. Two strong teams of oxen pulling in opposite directions could not have torn the veil. But when the Lord Jesus died in Calvary, that tells us that the veil was rent in two from top to bottom signifying that it was God that brought it about, and signifying that there was now no more barrier, and that you and I can enter into God's presence where he is in prayer and in communion and have a living relationship with him. So there's a new freedom of access, having, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest of all. There's a new basis of access, and what is it? Well, it's the precious blood of Jesus. It's the precious blood of Jesus. Not silver nor gold has obtained my redemption. The blood of the cross is my only salvation. And it is the blood-sprinkled way. It's very interesting. It speaks about a new and living way. You know when blood is 
poured out, it congeals. But here the picture is that the blood of Jesus never congeals. It is fresh. It is a new and living way, or a newly slain way, a new way and a fresh way. I said some weeks ago, everything about God has got freshness. Everything about Jesus has living freshness in it. And the precious blood of Jesus Though it's difficult for you to comprehend, the precious blood of Jesus, given so freely so long ago, has still the same power today to save you, to forgive you, to cleanse you through and through, and to make you acceptable to God. And there's a new representative in that access. Who is it? It's Jesus who is spoken of as the high priest, an high priest over the house of God or the family of God. I have a priest to represent me. He's the one with the nail prints in his hand. Where is he? Not on a cross, not in a tomb, but seated at God's right hand. And he bears my name on his shoulders and in his heart, and he pleads on my behalf. He makes intercession for me at the Father's right hand. Isn't it wonderful today that we have got a living Savior who not only lives in our hearts, but who lives for us at the Father's right hand to represent us, to be our surety? Yes, indeed. And there's a new preparedness for access. Verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It speaks of inward and outward cleanness. And we're to come in the assurance of faith the full assurance of faith. We're to come with hearts that are sprinkled from an evil conscience. God alone can purge your conscience. He alone can cleanse from sin and praise God this afternoon and any time and anywhere and for any person. He represents you and me and he says, Come, come boldly to the throne of grace. Oh, for sure, my friends, this was no second-class, inferior, or temporary ceremony. He is the living, vibrant, ageless Savior, and communion with the living God is right here in these wonderful words. What is it based on? The finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. How fitting on this Reformation Sunday— when we remember that the just shall live by faith, became a living reality to Martin Luther. The 31st of October, 1517, when he took his public stand on this great truth, and that truth that dawned on Martin Luther, after all the works that he had carried on and everything that he had done to try and merit salvation, that that day, that moment, that year, that time, he was emancipated and millions of others across the then-known world and right from then until now have come from dead ceremony to a living faith 
in Jesus Christ. That wonderful text, The Just Shall Live by Faith, is found right at the end of this chapter, Hebrews chapter 10. Yes, again, now the just shall live by faith. Faith alone, in Christ alone, and indeed to be saved alone by grace alone. What a great day. What a new living way this is. Do you know it? Have you experienced it? Are you living in the blessing of it? Are you enjoying the benefits that it brings and praying and trusting the Lord and walking in his ways? Then if not, why not today? He waits for you and he loves to hear his children seek his face. Well, there we are, another new thing today to think about. 